going to Cardus. They're not going to Cardus. They might. You're 31. They're not going to. And this is a Nando's. It'll be embarrassing. Are you going to talk about opening a Zazzle store again, selling Oudcast t-shirts? Look, unless you're the two-minute time lord or some other purist who does it for the love of the show, the purpose of a podcast is to make a profit. He's 25 minutes late. He's the founder and host of the Doctor Who book club. He can be late. He's not a god. What is he? 25 minutes late. He's here. Hi, I'm Eric Stadnick. How do you do? You must be Chris Sigma and uh, Laura Simpson? Sigma. Excuse me? She's Sigma too now, we're married. It's great to meet you. You guys don't have anything in front of you. Terry? We, we were waiting for... Hi, can I help? Can you bring out some things? Uh, the chili glazed nuts and the uh, warm pita bread fingers with the peri-peri salsa and uh, some chicken burgers, medium strong. Um, that'll get us started. Laura, what do you like to drink? Uh, tap water. Great, four of those. So tell me about your progress. Well, we're in 20 countries now, and we have about 6,000 listeners. Tell me about the strategy you're using. Okay, we sort of watch an episode of Doctor Who, and then I sing a song about it. And the two Chris's write silly sketches, and Andy gesticulates madly with his hands. That's called Filk, fan parody and interpretive dance. That's smart, Laura. Thank you. Those were my ideas. Except the, the dance, that's just Andy. Easy. Settle an argument for us, would you? I say it's time to start making money from the Udcast, but Laura doesn't want merchandising. Who's right? Neither of you. Yet. The Udcast is cool. That's what it's got going for it. Yeah? Cool. You are aware it's a podcast about Doctor Who, right? And it, and it has singing in it. You don't want to ruin it with mouse pads because mouse pads aren't cool. Exactly. You don't even know what the thing is yet. I said exactly that. How big it can get and how far it can go. This is no time to take your chips down. A million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? You. Dictionaries? A billion dollars. And that's where you're headed. A billion dollar valuation. Well, again, it's, it's a podcast with a comedy Dalek agony aunt. Maybe you're thinking of Radio Free Scarry. When you go fishing, you can catch a lot of fish or you can catch a big fish. You ever walk into a guy's den and see a picture of him standing next to 14 trout? What's a den? Uh, no, he's holding a 3,000-pound flying shark. Yep. That's a good analogy. Okay, but we all know that flying sharks don't actually exist, right? Have you seen the big ones up close? No, they don't exist. You think we might be getting away from the point? Hey, I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm just a fan who came to say hi. Yeah, well, we do have a dog. And you know what? It's a robot and it has a laser nose. A laser nose? How does it smell? Oily? I like you, kid. I like your get up and go. Speaking of which, I've got another meeting. Okay, well, it was nice to sit here and be spoken at. Have a good life. One more thing before I go. You've got to drop the the. Just Oodcast. It's cleaner. I love it. Okay, I'm out of here. Actually, drop the cast, too. Just Ood. It rolls off the tongue. Wait, you know what? Drop the D, too. Mm-hmm. Just Ood. It's cheeky. I'm, I'm just spitballing here. But maybe have the number of O's, too. Sort of O. Brilliant. Or even just leave the URL completely blank. That way you'll be at the top of the Google listings before anyone types a single character. And it has a ring to it. 
hey, did you hear the latest episode of Wasn't Chris Sigma Adequate on this week? It'll turn heads. What do you think? I don't know what to say. That's spirit. Catch you on the flip side, Oods. Wow. He was really something, wasn't he? Yeah, he was something, all right. So what did you think? About him? About his ideas. You mean calling an audio podcast a name which involves no sound whatsoever? Yeah. I don't know. Andy will like it. Hello and welcome to season four, episode one of the Oodcast. Ah! Yay! Yay! We're back, we're back, we're back. Well, we're mostly back. In fact, we don't have Chris Alpha today. He is off Spending time with his little boy. Oh, little tiny Isn't Luke. Isn't he a lovely, lovely father? But, but, we have a replacement for you. We have someone in to pick up the baton, as it were. And uh, it's a familiar voice as well. Hello, Eric. Hello, this is Eric. Uh, Eric, you do a podcast, a Doctor Who podcast of your very own. Several, actually. Well, yeah, uh, mainly the Doctor Who book club. But really, who doesn't have a Doctor Who podcast at this point? That's true. We all do, don't we? I don't. I don't know. 100% of this room has a Doctor Who podcast. It's yeah. true, yep. That is just maths, folks. Or math. Eric. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, cool. And uh, where can we find the Doctor Who uh, book club if we wanted to, which we do, because we love Doctor Who and podcasts? You know, the easiest way is just to use the Google and look for Doctor Who book club and you'll find us first thing. Oh, brilliant. Okay. I recommend it. Uh, it's very good. And sometimes they have really great people reading sections from the book. He's mm. now talking about himself, apparently. I am, a lot of the time. And talking about talking about myself, which we were, I am now married to a lovely lady, lady, a lovely a lady, lovely lady sitting opposite me. It's Laura Sigma, everyone. Hey! hey. That's hey. my name, sort of a little bit. Don't wear it out. Yeah. Yeah. Is um, We got married. It was a crazy day. Piddled down with rain for all of the day. Um, except for a small part where there was a double rainbow. I know. I saw that. I saw it from the train on the way back home. It was beautiful. There is uh, Andy. Hello. Andy, say hello. Hello, hello. It's Andy here. Hello. Ah, uh, and he was there too. It was a beautiful day. What was your favourite bit of our wedding? Um, oh, there were so many parts that I loved. I very much enjoyed saying my vows to you. Oh, and, and we, doing we kept a dance crying, we didn't we? Yes, we're little. we kept crying at each other. Yeah, I, I didn't actually make any sobbing noises, for which I was very pleased, but I got very teary. And I looked at you and I thought, this is definitely the right thing to be doing. Oh, and I thought much the same thing, but the opposite way round. Ah, because you were sweet. facing each other, <laughs> Definitely right? not what to be doing. <laughs> no. Yeah, because we were facing each other, yes. It was an amazing day. And also, my stag party was incredible. We had a, a sort of a Doctor Who adventure that was sort of scripted and brought to life on the streets of London. So it was amazing. We started off and I started getting like all these Twitter messages and they were videos and videos from the future. All my friends who had sort of come back from the wedding, something weird had obviously happened at the wedding because they all couldn't remember exactly. Some of them remembered kind of flashing lights and weird glowing 
orbs that floated into the room and stuff. And so I had to piece together what was going to happen at my wedding. Uh, and it was stuff like I would get texts for clues for different films. And I had to find all the DVDs for the films, put them in alphabetical order, read off all of the age certificates, which would be a password for a server. I'd put the password into the server. I'd get up a picture of the National Gallery. In the National Gallery would be a, something... Uh, photoshopped into one corner which we'd have to identify then we'd go to the National Gallery and there'd uh, be a coat with a ticket and you'd get the coat and then there'd be something in the pocket like a sonic screwdriver and slowly I found out that I was the doctor I just lost my memory like all the people in the videos and then it culminated in this amazing 3D game that someone had programmed for me with a TARDIS which I got to go in and it spoke to me and told me I really was the doctor and then I sent back the tweets back in time to myself that brought me to the place where I got to play the game and go into the TARDIS. So it was a whole episode called the Myosotis Protocol. Myosotis means forget is the uh, Greek name for the forget-me-not. Isn't that brilliant? Best stag do ever. Best stag do ever. So thank you very, very much to John Hewins and John Monkhouse, who are my best men, uh, who probably will be listening to this. Uh, at some point, uh, it was quite probably the best stag party I could have ever, 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 ever had ever. Thank you very much. Sorry to share so much about something that's slightly to the side, but it was very Doctor Who-y. Brilliant. I made a tiara and danced the can-can. Also amazing. Yeah. And you wore a, a lovely hat. Oh, no, this was my Hindu. But yes, uh-huh. I did have a lovely hat as well. Anyway, so uh, let's kill Hitler. <laughs> Oudcast News. Hello and welcome to the Oudcast News. You may experience a slight tingling sensation and then news headlines. Production of the Tesselector action figure has been delayed, while the complicated issue of how to package several million character options for each figure are resolved. Podcaster learns Cloisterbell impression over summer break. And it is with great pleasure that we can announce that the Oodcast have finally made it into Doctor Who magazine. Nope, this isn't a joke. Turn to page 66 of issue 438. And there we are in an article called 40 People Every Doctor Who Fan Should Follow on Twitter. Oh yes, our life is complete. We have arrived. Booyah! The actor Tom Cruise has threatened to sue the BBC for plagiarism of his film... Valkyrie. Showrunner Stephen Moffat has replied that they didn't get the idea of miniature people from him. And that was the Oodcast News for this week. Hope you enjoyed it, folks. We also do weddings, children's parties, and gay gypsy bar mitzvahs for the disabled. Oodcast News. Okay, let's kill Hitler, as Laura said. What did we think of the very first episode of this <laughs> new half season of Doctor Who? I enjoyed it very much. Funny, daft, thoughtful, inventive. It was everything Doctor Who should be. It was excellent. Andy was using his voice there that he uses when he reads out something that he has prepared yeah, earlier on. I wrote a note, but I thought it was worth reading out. I do, yeah. It is I, what I, I think. It was, I also loved it, predictably. I thought it was brilliant. Let's go to our guest cynicist. I enjoyed it. Yay! I don't think I'm quite as keen on it as some other people. At the same time, I'm not nearly as down on it as some fan reactions I heard. I thought it was a very lovely and interesting and 
good story. The more I think about it, the more I like the title um, because it's a classic Moffat fakeout. Um, he couldn't have called the episode The Birth of River Song, or, you know, which is what it was, the genesis, you know, genesis of the River mm-hmm. Songs. Uh, it it would have been, you know, would have given everything about the episode away. And so call it something that's going to catch a lot of attention. They can build all this publicity around mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with the content of the episode. I thought that was, I thought that was actually very clever. And I also like the way that it takes the Mickey completely out of Hitler because everyone thinks it's going to be all about Hitler and a big plot to kill him. And then he, get, he gets two, uh, two minutes of screen time at the start of the episode and is just completely forgotten about for the rest of it. Spends the rest of it stuck in a cupboard. <laughs> How epic is Rory though? Punching out Hitler. Mm, mm. Shut up. Riding Hitler. motorbikes. <laughs> it's very Captain America. Yeah, it's very, very Captain America, but just with a slightly more pronounced nose. I, I agree. I thought it was a brilliant episode. I love how confident this iteration of Doctor Who is. Moffat is just going to, right, we're going to do a scene in a cornfield and we'll have, and that again was brilliantly shot and then that kind of big pullback which, I mean, a lot of Doctor Who episodes start with zooming in on the Earth, so mm. it's nice to have that pull back and then back in again. Uh, I just think it's it's Doctor Who in rude, exuberant form, and I love it. I love this series so much, and it just has that energy about it that I love the way sweeps me along. There's a, a timey-wimey bit in that cliffhanger where the camera pulls away from the, the word Doctor in the cornfield because it's crossed out. And one can only assume that originally, when the Doctor saw it in the newspaper, it wasn't. Um, and there's lots of, um, there has been a lot of critiquing of the use of Mel and the way that she was inserted into the story. And uh, a lot of people have said that that's just Moffat's way of covering plot holes, you know. If you've forgotten to add something in or it doesn't quite make sense, then just say that, you know, time can be rewritten, boom, suddenly... Hands a character. Hands up who got the Melanie, Mel thing, Melody thing before it happened. I did. Define when it happened. Before it was, before she regenerated. Yeah, I got got it. When she got shot and started dying, I'm like, well, they're not going to kill her. Oh, oh, oh. Because looking back, she is exactly Riversong, isn't she? It's just aspects of her personality right from the, I've got a gun, you've got a time machine. What the hell? Let's kill Hitler. That's very quintessentially Alex Kingston. I got the impression that the actress playing Mel would have watched her very carefully. and um, But, of course, she really churns it up several notches when she initially becomes that iteration of herself. And it's very, very panto, the whole, hello, Bertie, or whatever it is she says. Benjamin. Yeah, is it Benjamin? That's the Who's one. Benjamin? No idea. It's in, um, um, what's that film, Mrs. Robinson? Oh, uh, of course, and they do, the, and then yeah. they do that right—the the the shot of through the legs. Oh, very good. Um, uh, I didn't realise that at all, but it's very funny. Well done, you little cultural vulture there. <laughs> um, but I really loved the contrast between this newly minted, utterly raunchy River Song, faced with the older, sadder, more staid—no, not more staid, but just wiser version of herself that she becomes. Some people have said that the um, reliance on sort of female stereotypes like wanting to find new clothes and weigh herself was actually, from a gender point of view, a little bit offensive. And I guess out of the four of us, you would be most qualified to comment on that. What did you think? 
I don't know, quite often I look at women in the street and I think it would be exciting just to have their body for a little bit. And I think it's something that men do as well. Um, sorry, no, not like that. Shut up. Shut up, everybody. Yeah. Shut up. But if you got a new body, I would instantly feel my boobs. I don't know. I just would. I would want to know what what was going on everywhere. So I quite like that bit where she's off screen. She goes, that is magnificent. I'm going to wear lots of jumpers. No, it's jodpers. 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 Oh, okay. But Makes she, sense. she also did the the female equivalent of what every male doctor we've ever, every male time we've ever seen regenerate has hair, teeth, nose, things like that. And then mm. they picked a new costume. Like she's just doing it. Mm. What every doctor has ever done when he's regenerated. I mean, I've yeah. heard the argument that it, it is River Song rather than all women. River Song loves her clothes, yeah. loves her body, and flaunts that. So that that's who she is. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy with that, but I know I'm not particularly the qualified. The only thing that was a little bit, I'm not sure about that, was the I'm going to go and weigh myself because nobody really wants to know how much they weigh. But it is an interesting idea that you can completely change mass when you regenerate. I mean, uh, that is an interesting thought, isn't it? Even although I can see that is probably the line that should have been lost if any of them were going to be. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the whole Riffa Song plot has now created itself as a result of that episode in that River sees that she becomes someone amazing and very close to the Doctor. And so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because she knows it's going to happen, therefore it happens. Well, certainly her name is. She's named after herself. So I guess it follows that her personality can be inspired by the things that she will do as well. Although other people have said that it's because the TARDIS talked to her. That was what really changed her. The fact that this incredible machine Mm. that is obviously a force for good in the universe... Mm shared its secrets with her that was the turning and, point and that her. was that's the day she learns to to fly the tardis by someone better when the, than doctor the doctor was busy yeah yeah, yeah. I, um, actually I, i'm quite intrigued now because are there three rivers wafting around now there's baby river who's being brainwashed there's newly minted river who's got off studying architecture what technically have sorry ar- archaeology whoopsie daisy um Whatever happened to the old sad river? I mean, is it just that we're not seeing her now? She so? died. What? She dies in the first episode that we see her in. That's the whole tragedy oh, yes. of river. Yes, yes, good point. But I mean, where everyone, everyone who travels in time, time is hundreds of different people. But you know, the way Doctor Who works is there's only ever one, one version of any character that is the present one. You know, the Doctor that we're looking at at the moment is the present Doctor. The universe agrees that he is. And I guess it's the same with River Song to some so extent as well. So Archaeology River then is present River. Well, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard because until this episode, the chronology had been exactly reversed. Every time we saw River, she was a bit younger. And the Doctor is always moving forward in time. This time, however, we've we, it's like the record skipped. We went and suddenly she's new, but we're not quite done with her yet. So there's some still the middle portion where she kills the good man, where she gets sent to Stormcage that we don't fully understand yet what's happening in that. And so that now it has it used to be just two lines going in opposite directions. Now it's gotten a bit muddled. And so I can understand people looking at it and being like, well, where is this and where does that relate to the other things now? Because it, it is much murkier now. Maybe it's just that whoever we're looking at at any given point is the real one. Something you need to look at for it to be true. Well, River, I mean, River Song within the universe is this new creation. She's a human with the powers and qualities and abilities of a Time Lord. She's 
she hasn't had the whatever education goes along with becoming a time lord i guess i don't think the doctor has all of it he probably skipped out before but um she is a whole a whole new thing the universe has never seen her before which is i guess why the doctor has this weird relationship with her anyone else he can nip around their timeline and do whatever he wants he seems to be locked into this thing and can't do anything about it something that i found quite good was finally getting the definitive version of what is a si- what is the silence and how it is not the silent they are not the silence it's not those creatures we saw at the beginning of yeah. the series they're yeah. part of it but they're yeah. not all of it yeah which was quite interesting and that sets up the, the question of what is the question that will make silence fall when the answer is revealed eric you had an interesting idea for this one doctor who yep hiding uh, in plain sight i.e. on the title page <laughs> and it, is, it is said in the episode when he um he's there in his charlie chaplin outfit and she says something something the doctor and he says doctor who that's right yeah. it's the first time i believe since hartnell that the lead has said doctor who it's been said by many other characters but the lead actually said doctor who my dad picked that up well done dad yeah well done adrian so a bit of a knock around episode um put itself out to be completely knock around but actually was very much part of this arc Stephen moffat has said that this is the most arc heavy the series is ever going to go under him and that he hopes next year that to go back to telling sort of individual strong stories without this overarching theme uh so strongly he i think the phrase he uses is he's going to flip the lever back the other way are we all ready for that? Do we? Are oh, we? Yeah. Hope, yeah. No, totally. I, I feel perhaps this year clever and amazing and and very impressive as it is. I do want the stories to be standalone because that for me is what Doctor Who is: something new every week, a complete rewrite rewriting of the slate every week. I'm, I'm missing that somewhat. I I want. I'm really enjoying this, and yeah. I want this to play Absolutely, out. But yeah. after that, yes, I'm yeah. with you. There's something new every week is so intrinsic to what Doctor Who is that I think um, you're absolutely right, Andy. I don't really mind what they do, as long as they make Matt Smith wear a top hat and tailcoat <laughs> a bit more frequently. I'm still... I still have suspicions about that wardrobe change. They don't tend to change characters' clothes in the Moffat era without there being something behind it. I see, mm. so you can keep track of stuff. Generally, there's something oh. like that going on. I don't know what happened there, but I think something happened. He does cover it up by saying... Oh, always waste time when you haven't got any... Yeah, that's right. Time is not the master of you. But you think there's something there? I do. Yeah. And with the coat as well, or is that just... The coat's coming back next week, I think. The coat, I think, is awesome. Because we don't know. He, you know, Amy and Roy at the beginning of the episode said, you've had all summer, ha, ha, ha. Um, we could have, he could have had 200 years. Those 200 missing years between season, you know, dead doctor and beginning of the season doctor. Maybe those were spent mm. wearing that coat. Okay. Or maybe uh, Moffat has just decided to really up the ante for all the cosplayers and costumey people out there. I think if anyone was driving that that wasn't from a plot point of view, it's just Matt Smith. <laughs> he does like having funny things to wear. But I'm wondering, uh, so the easy answer is we now know that River Song kills the Doctor. That has been it's now said. stated, yeah. it's said. Yeah. Now, obviously, the easy answer there is that she's the one in the astronaut suit she used to be in the astronaut suit as a child she gets back into it to kill him at the end does anyone here think it's that easy no i it, don't think it i, I think it's another version but of the then doctor. when when the astronaut goes back into the lake 
and she's shooting at it and she can't hit it. She says, oh, of no, course. of course. So there's got to be some reason for that. Yeah, because yeah. the way she says it or the way you're meant to take that is, oh, well, of course I'm not going to be able to when, shoot it when, at the important moment. But she probably means something different. When the guys in the Tesselector identify the TARDIS, they say, oh, it's the TARDIS. That means we've got the greatest criminal in the universe under our noses. Why do they make the... Um, why do they say, oh, it must be River Song because the TARDIS is there? That's. I think that's just to do the joke that you think it's going to be the Doctor mm. and, and then it's not... But, but it's a strange is, association to she's make. She's the child it? of the TARDIS. She says herself mm. in this episode. Can I say one of my favourite things in the episode? Yes. It was the funny little Judge Dredd style jellyfish. Mm. You all experience mm. a tingling sensation <laughs> and then death. They actually built them as well. They weren't just CGI. And I think, and I know they looked a bit janky, but I love them yeah. because of that. They act like an antibody would yeah. in a natural body. Yeah. But it seems a bit weird to <laughs> take that to its natural conclusion. <laughs> well, this ship is a body, so we should make the robot security system act exactly that's like that's the a... beauty of Doctor Who for me, is that, <laughs> you know, ridiculous ideas like that work yeah. within the Let's narrative put massive structure. massive domey things right in the middle of every walkway for people to fall over. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Did they risk assess the... Was it called Tesselac? Tesselector. Tesselector. I don't think they did. No. I also quite like the idea of Amy and Rory running up, knocking out the robot guard and going off on the bike because then, of course, they reproduced the bike along with the body. Yeah. What if they'd done that the first time, Dan? <laughs> and they were riding off on, like, their pancreas or something. I know, but he goes... Their robot pancreas. <laughs> he says, uh, OK, well, we'll just make the, the bike part of us this time, shall we? But it's sort of like, should have thought of that. <laughs> That was funny. Oh, I love the concepts of the test selector. I love the the awful idea of being judge, jury, and executioner of really bad people. Uh, and, you know, just as an idea, that's just horrific. It's the way the doctor says it in, let's go, we've got time travel now, let's go back and kill dead people, or whatever <laughs> yes, exactly. it was. I, but I was just, sorry, I was also <laughs> going to say that the detail of it, you, they've even got an entire art department to get skin tone right, and the woman rushes up to the eye socket to have a look to make sure it's okay. You and know? is never seen again. <laughs> yeah. Eric? I No, I was... What I find interesting, though, is when he says you use time travel to go back and kill dead people and, and he kind of mocks it and he says, no, we punish them, we give them hell. And I think that's actually very different. It's come like this future place where mm. mankind no longer believes in divine retribution and mm. so certain people deserve that sort of punishment. Hitler would probably classify like that mm. and apparently, according to them, so does River Song. And I found that actually a really interesting and heartily terrifying idea that when mankind at some point evolves beyond mm. belief in the afterlife, then we have to do all the punishing ourselves mm. and then and things get really ugly. That's a much uh, more intelligent way of saying what I said before. <laughs> Thank goodness Eric is here. Guten Tag, Herr Stiefel. I am Fraulein Seid. I shall be conducting your interview today for the position of person who mops the floor at the Third Reich. What in the name of the Führer was that noise? I'm sorry, Fraulein. Perhaps I shouldn't have eaten that breakfast at lunch. Indeed. Now, what makes you think you are suitable for this position? I love mopping floors and hate anyone who is different or weaker than me. Sounds like a slam dunk from where I'm sitting. Spush! Nothing but net! Haha! 
enough with these playful American anachronisms. Where do you see yourself in five years' time? That's not an easy question to answer. I could be anywhere in, in time or space, perhaps burning David Cameron alive. I don't understand. Who is this Cameron of which you speak? He is the future Prime Minister of Britain. Excellent. You seem perfect. Yes, perfect. And yet not suspiciously so. What did I tell you, Jim? These Nazis are so stupid. It's like taking candy from a baby. Don't get too smug, sir. You get too confident, you get sloppy. It only takes one mistake to... Wait a minute, did you leave the microphone on? No, of course I didn't. Oh, shh! Excuse me, Herr Stiefel. What did you just say? Nothing, Fraulein. I was just singing a song to myself. A lullaby my mother taught me. I see. How sentimental. I apologize, Fraulein. It won't happen again. See that it doesn't. That was close. You're telling me, sir. We nearly blew the whole mission. That would have been a disaster. Wait. Please don't tell me you still got your hand on the button again. Son of a... What is this trickery? Nothing. I'm just a normal Nazi like you. Achoo! Herr Stiefel, have you just sneezed a tiny little man out of your nose? Maybe. What is the meaning of this? It's a gypsy. What? A gypsy. It's a little tiny gypsy that I imprisoned up my nose. Here, let me put him back in. I have heard enough. There is something extremely fishy going on here. Guards! Guards! That's it. Emergency protocol activated. Shrink her down and bring her in. I don't really understand why we didn't do that immediately. Perhaps it is because you're a rubbish captain who should never have been in charge of a justice vehicle. I heard that, you know. Of course you did. I said it into the microphone. Give me that. No, give me it. No, make me. Look, I'm ordering you as captain to give me the microphone back. I'm not giving it back. Please, come on. Hello from a sunny, unspecified location. It's a bit cloudy, actually, so... Uh, anyway, I'm on holiday, but I've um, I've stopped being on holiday for a whole ten minutes to record this for you. Um, this, these are just my thoughts on uh, Let's Kill Hitler. Um, I've only seen it once, what with me being on holiday. I'm not sure I mentioned that before, but I am on holiday. Thanks, Mr Moffat and the BBC, for your autumn season. <laughs> anyway, these are my thoughts on um, Let's Kill Hitler. This was not the episode I was expecting, really. I was waiting for a grand Berlin cityscape and an almost fast-like knockabout as they followed Hitler from Nazi rally to Black Forest holiday home armed with a bag of dry-roasted peanuts because Rory had once heard somewhere that Hitler had a nut allergy. Of course, the whole thing would have ended in my head, at least, with the doctor addressing the Nuremberg rally, telling everyone that the Nazi party uniform now had to include a bow tie, as, you know, bow ties are cool. I'm not sure I'm disappointed, though. For one thing, we learned that presumably Hitler ran the Second World War from a cupboard, as no one let him out, and that the BBC are very quick to double up on sets when one actor is in two productions. The person-shaped robot with miniature people working it was brilliant, at least to me, but then I've been kind of thrilled by the very thought of that since I was a small chap, and this was, thankfully, much better pulled off than the Eddie Murphy film Meet Dave. And no, you don't want to watch it to find out what I'm talking about. The crop circle was a great way to start the mayhem. 
and I thought the way we got a, a sort of potted history of a lot of what had happened to Melody since she'd been taken away and how close she'd managed to be without detection was lovely. I also particularly loved Rory in this one. The p- parental protective instincts have really brought out their beast in him. The punching of the soldier, who all right turned out to be the robot, but still, he punched a Nazi. And the way he said about locking Hitler in the cupboard without trying to argue that someone else would be better off doing it instead showed how much he's come on. Also, the way Mel's played an obvious part in getting Amy and Rory together was a bit strange, really, but touching. And the I'm not gay scene was really well played. I'm sure Andy will have been banging on about how brilliant Matt Smith was here, particularly with the death scenes. By the way, has the Doctor had more not-quite-death scenes than David Tennant in the end of time yet? Must be close. But he's right. Mr Smith was brilliant. And the fact that it's his death and his obvious love for the people he wants to save and his determination to still do so even when dying, it's the fact that these are the reasons for River's change brings the right amount of emotional turmoil to such a big story. All right, so they don't kill Hitler. And he's barely in it. But we've got justice-serving killer robots controlled by tiny people, swaggering half-Time Lord assassins, the Doctor in a top hat and tails, and antibodies who warn people that you will experience a tingling sensation, then death. So who cares? I loved it. Well, uh, I think this is uh, the end of our review uh, for this one, but let's go round and say a final thought if we have one. Remain calm while your life drains from you. Excellent. Thank you, Laura. Andy? I was going to say that I hugely enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, that'll do. Eric? I like Rory saying, it's been that kind of day. (laughs) I think it really sums up the episode very well. Okay, so here's the haiku for Let's Kill Hitler. Rivers' source is corked as tiny people avenge. Hitler's all right, though. Uh, And for me, I mean, it did what it should do which was make me excited that my favorite show was back on tv well can i just say also i love the vampires in venice um uh, mention that made me giggle yep it's got a one one foot in the series past and one foot in its future huzzah whoopee great well we've got to go now but before we do um i just want to say that our second album is now out and available for download at www.theoodcast.com slash download it's completely free it's got double the tracks that the first album does uh but if you do like it and you feel that you would like to donate some money to keep this podcast going there is a little paypal donate button on the right hand side but if you uh don't feel that you want to do that or you can't afford it that is fine too it is yours to keep forever like one of those china plates that your gran has but audio. And probably not a picture of an old dead monarch. Or a kitten playing with some ribbon. Very good then. Right. I think we should skedaddle. Bye bye. 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 It's all very abrupt, isn't it? Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> you will mim 
shade is all wrong You want redemption Forget it Scream in a hot beam Of ashes All of your big plans Forsake them This is gonna take a while Our body is a battleship Our body is a battle we give them hell Our body is a battleship Something about the way we imitate your face Half man, half motorbike We'll never lose you in a chase We pick the next offender and though we leave to try them to think they'll be released Cause they're deceased We've got all time to fry them Forgiveness, forget it Scream in a heartbeat of ashes All of your big plans Forsake them This is gonna take a while A body is Judge and jury And you're all mine, all mine, all mine To do good you have to hurt sometimes Jellyfishes now 